yes, I've had a bit of a chaotic morning and I'm now feeling unnerved by the fact I can hear this sort of buzzing noise like there's a swarm of uh, wasps from a horror film that's about to attack me. Um, so that's an excellent start to uh, episode 100. Who can believe that I've sat here for 100 weeks uh, doing this strange little podcast, but here we go. Welcome to episode 100 of Mr. Burt Pods. Yes, well, I'm all refreshed. Um, I've moved on to coffee today because um, I don't know why, actually. I just fancied a coffee. And um, the big news is we've got new taps because uh, after I managed to destroy the uh, hot water tap in the bathroom some time ago uh, and had a very hysterical uh, conversation on the phone with our plumber who lives in Brighton, uh, we had to go and get taps. Uh, and then I managed to get hold of somebody who works uh, in London and turns out it doesn't live very far from us. And he very kindly just came over uh, the day I rang him, tootled off to the local trade place, got some taps, came back and fitted them. Uh, what's really annoying about them is they don't both turn clockwise. So the uh, cold tap goes clockwise and the hot tap goes anti-clockwise. Uh, I still haven't got used to this and it will, but apparently this is the new modern way of doing things. So uh, that's made me uh, happy and annoyed at the same time. Uh, I also destroyed the blind in the bedroom. Uh, we've managed to get a new one, uh, but it is yet to be put up. Uh, that'll be interesting. I'm having nothing to do with that. And uh, yes, I've been away for a week, which was lovely. Um, on the work front, is there any more home news? There must be more home news. Taps, lines, the cat's uh, in a furious sulk because I am not feeding her. Um, I caught her. She slipped out this morning out of the front door because uh, I was having a conversation with the window cleaner, uh, more of which are on. And uh, I came back in, shut the door, realised she'd gone out, came back out and found her sitting talking to a magpie uh, down the road. I don't actually think she knows what birds are because she's been an indoor cat all her life and obviously the magpie had no fear at all, so the pair of them were just sitting looking at each other. It was very funny. Um, so yes, it was all chaos this morning because I got up uh, and the... Um, window cleaner had texted yesterday to say he was coming this morning which was all fine and tickety boo and I got really excited because uh, as regular listeners will know we've got Sahara sand all over our kitchen window and um, the hippie family down the road had texted with excitement that they were going to have their windows cleaned because we had had a discussion about this uh, when um we met them in the street and started a discussion on car cleaning. We found a very good car cleaners uh, in Archway. No, no, not in Archway. Well, sort of Archway Highgate. Uh, that was all very exciting. So we got the car cleaned before we went away. And that was much needed. It was a bit like one of those automatic car washes that you go through, except there were people doing it all the way through. So you sort of 
edged your way slowly forward and people came and did things to your car and then you got out and they cleaned the inside and they hoovered and it was all it was all really exciting and very efficient uh, and they were really busy as well and it was only 20 quid so um it felt like we got a new car at the end uh, as the car was so filthy and was no longer after the wash anyway i digress so uh yes so we'd met the hippie family had a quick discussion about where they get their car wash they don't wash their car basically uh they did mention the windows and so there was much excitement that the window cleaner was coming to clean the sahara sand and then of course he needs access to uh get to our windows because we're in a peculiar position from next door and next doors away so unfortunately we still have sahara and sand on our kitchen windows but i'm presuming they'd be family are very um happy at the moment uh, they are actually in my good books because uh i uh had to avoid uh, a neighbor who i didn't want to talk to and uh, i did knock on mr and mrs wilson's door and no reply they seriously let me down uh i did then knock on the happy family's day they very kindly answered the door uh, took pity on me and uh, conversed with me until said neighbour had uh, disappeared. Uh, I think they have the same uh, problem as me, so they perfectly understood what I was going through at that moment. It is nice to have neighbours where you can just knock on the door and say, can I just have a chat? I'm avoiding somebody. <laughs> um, anyway, where was I with all that? Anyway, so yes, so the... Um, uh window cleaner came a lot earlier than i expected which threw me completely because uh, i wanted them to do indoors as well anyway that all got sorted uh, and then i started yoga and it all collapsed because the internet failed i was late starting anyway because of faffing around and um yeah i failed to do it so uh, i ended up doing 20 minutes with uh adrian she calls herself adrian i always say adrian uh, on YouTube, who is like the best person uh, in the world. I think she's just amazing. Uh, she's got hundreds of uh, YouTube videos. She's phenomenally access, uh, successful and she does all sorts of different types of yoga. And I just chose to start the day one with uh, Adrian and it was very calming, although it did suddenly get very intense very quickly after a long calming period at the beginning. They always do that, yoga teachers. They lull you into a sense, a false sense of security with a lot of calm breathing. And then the next minute, you're doing six hours of downward dog and plank. And uh, without realizing it, they're, they're like stealth operators. They sneak up on you and make you work without you, uh, without preparing you for it in my opinion. So that was all a bit all over the place. Uh, I've got through that now uh, and uh, I've cut to switch my Welsh today because tomorrow has fallen to complete chaos. I don't know how I managed to get about 65 things packed into tomorrow, all of which are mistimed. Um, and I've also realised I meant to take the cat to the vet on Friday and I completely forgot. So uh, I've got to try and ring them to apologise. Uh, so I'm a bit of a kerfuffle today, but I'm quite calm kerfuffle, which is always a good sign. Uh, and the cat's gone into she the cat does this chin down like a dog thing. Uh, I think it's giving up hope of ever seeing food again. Uh, and if the chin isn't down, the tail is lashing. Uh, in fact, uh, someone was cooking yesterday and uh, said their calves were being uh, massaged by the lashing tail. Uh, which was obviously preventing them getting cramp in their calves. So that was all that. And um, 
job front, uh, yes, I've got, after a bit of twiddling and faffing around, I've got uh, a job on the next production, which is all very exciting. Uh, so that's all lovely. And uh, that sees me through till August. Uh, and then it all goes a bit pear-shaped after that. I'm not quite sure what's happening after that. Um, but it was a lovely holiday we had. Uh, and it was worth missing doing a Mr. Burt pod for the holiday. We got the car cleaned. That was all very exciting. Got the cat into the cattery where we got her from. Thought she was going to be a nightmare, but she turned out to be really uh, lovely and fine. Uh, and came back lovely and fine, so that was all good. And then um, drove first to Oxford to pick up a friend who we were then taking on to Chichester. Um, said friend is a creative, uh, so we had an interesting journey down. Uh, we drove down to the drive from Oxford to the south coast, uh, where we were dropping them off first, was beautiful, actually. It was really lovely. Um, and then we drove a little bit across, dropping them off, drove a little bit across back to uh, Chichester, where we were staying. And that was all really nice, actually, until uh, until one person in the family got uh, off a child, I think, um, a appallingly bad throat, which ended up so bad they had to go to A&E so uh, plans were went a bit were a bit scuppered uh, but it's all done and boring I'm not going to go into all that so basically um we what did we do uh we just tottled around big houses actually it was quite nice I'm having to refer to my Instagram because I actually can't remember what we did bear with bear with so um where did we start we started uh, with got lots of pictures of cats on here, strangely enough. What's that picture of? Oh, so we started with we went to Butsy, uh, ancient farm, Butsy, uh, even ancient farm, uh, which I saw on Antiques Road Trip. Antiques Road Trip is very useful for interesting places to go and visit because they always go and visit something, uh, a couple of things each program. So, Butsy is basically. Um, it was set up in the 1970s, uh, not open to the public. Uh, and the idea was it's called, I think it's called er Experimental Archaeology. Is that what it's called? So what they do, what they've done um, is they have taken archaeological finds and recreated. So they haven't moved buildings. They have built the buildings from scratch based on what knowledge they've discovered from digging around in the earth. So uh, it's a sort of living museum uh, and it goes around from, the, it's not that big, but it goes from the Stone Age around to Roman and just past. And what they do is because they're making everything as far as they can with what they believe were originally used and the way they these things were originally used they are uh, learning and discovering more as they go along so just by time passing or making mistakes they're sort of getting into the heads of the people who originally made these things and um, because it was easter weekend uh they had 
it was basically had a focus on Anglo-Saxons and there was lots of people dressed up as Anglo-Saxons, but they weren't like, um, I have, I have opinions on people that dressed up in historical outfits. These are very serious people, uh, who are doing it for research, historical, scientific, archaeological reasons. Um, and they were all really uh, interested. We saw uh, they did, they sort of staged some fighting, which was obviously a little bit silly because they can't stab each other with um, the swords and spears that they were using. But when you actually took a step back from it and imagined somebody actually putting a spear or a sword into the other person, uh, it did, uh, it was a bit. Uh, you did you did get a feel for the horrors of what would have gone on with people battling. Uh, so by dressing up, you know they were aware of how clothes were used, how the clothes would protect them. Um, they do what they can, and I suppose they make educated guesses on other things. So they would so there was lots of things. There was a blacksmith. There was the fighting. There was a jewelry maker uh, who was. Uh, making things, but unfortunately, his little bellows heating up his uh, mini furnace uh, hadn't heated up properly by the time we got there, so we couldn't see the joy. But that was a shame because I'd like to have seen that. Um, what else was there? There was some storytelling, there was lots of things going on, and um, so you went around these sort of mostly sort of thatched buildings that you you think of as being sort of stone age or whatever dwellings but more sophisticated than you think one thing they had learnt is that by putting a hole in the ceiling above the say at the top of the cone bit of the roof of a round building to let the smoke of the central fire out what that actually did is caused um flames to go up and potentially uh, set the fire to the roof so they have now worked out there probably wouldn't have been holes in the top of the roofs. Uh, the smoke would have just gone out through the gaps in the um, in the roof. So there's stuff like that that they would never have known had they not actually done it. Uh, so it's all very, very interesting. When you get into the Roman villa, which they've recreated, that is just astonishing. They get the, the jump from, I can't remember what it was, it's iron or bronze, age or something before, a, that sort of a dwelling, into a Roman villa, which is just the most sophisticated of buildings, is utterly astonishing so the thought of that coming over to britain um the stage of technology we were at at that point uh, and then the romans just bringing all this with them uh, it really really brought it home that was that really was history coming alive before your eyes uh these are the, the villas the villa's actually quite big um and it's got paintings and all the furniture you know they've done it uh as close to how they believe it would have been originally as they can. Um, so I think it started in the 70s and it, was, it wasn't it was open to the public, but over time, I think they realised it was beneficial for the public to come and see it. And at some point in the 80s or 90s, I think they opened it up to the public. Um, it's, it is a really fascinating place uh, and much enjoyed. So that was a really good day out. There was, I've just got a picture here, they, but they put some animal skins over in, in a window and the light coming through them, stretched, the light coming through them looks like stained glass. It's extraordinary. Oh, and there were lots of sheep and goats. Oh, and the big excitement was one of the um, billy goats escaped, uh, So, uh, which would have been fine, but I think he was a little bit aggressive and they were trying to keep him away from the newborn uh, goats and lambs. 
So there was lots of uh, running around trying to get him back in, which was quite funny, actually. Um, so after Butsa, we went to Parham House and Gardens. Uh, it is an absolutely beautiful place, but not not a wow in your face place it's just one of those quietly beautiful places and its beauty sort of creeps up on you um it's only been in the hands of three families uh, the people who built it only stuck around for about 60 years then there was a long period of, of another family and then finally it was bought by uh, a wealthy couple in the 1920s who because the house had then fallen into disrepair and most of the belongings and treasures had been sold off, devoted their lives to restoring it and as getting back as much of the original uh, furniture and paintings as they could. Um, and it's now in trust. I think it's the great-granddaughter now who's, who lives there, but the house is now in trust. So the house is full of paintings of the family Um and it is beautiful. And as I say, it's nothing spectacular, but just um, just a really quiet place. That's difficult to describe. Anyway, anyone who wants to see it, it's all on my Instagram. And then, um, and my Instagram, by the way, is Bert Feg, in case anybody doesn't know it. Um, I looked at TripAdvisor before we went, and one person had given it four stars out of five because the coffee was so bad in the cafe. And uh, someone else had given it four out of five because apparently there was bindweed in the garden and they ranted up, they rant on TripAdvisor. You can see it if you want. Um, so when we got there, they were have, they had a massive operation in place to get rid of the bindweed, which is hugely difficult to get rid of. So a lot of the, they've got a very, very big walled garden and a lot of the uh, beds had no plants in them because they basically had to stop growing, let them go fallow and dig them over and over just to get rid of the bindweed. So uh, the amount of work and effort they're doing in to get over that uh, immense problem and bring the gardens back to their former beauty is really worth knocking that one star off for that person that didn't like the bindweed. There's also a lovely, uh, it's sort of built into a wall. It's, a, it's like a three quarters house. It's like a Wendy, it's a Wendy house. Um, so it's like when you go inside it, it's a bit like Alice in Wonderland when she drinks. Does she drink the potion and she gets too big for the house it's sort of like that because you can't stand up inside it it's got two floors um i think it came from the 1920s or 30s oh i've taken loads of photographs it was beautiful inside it's basically elizabethan and then even even some of the original elizabethan plaster ceilings had gone and they'd got uh, this couple in the 20s 30s 40s whenever had got this man in who by hand plastered the ceilings in an Elizabethan style, um, sympathetic to the house, uh, which is extraordinary, really. And a bit like Butzer, really, I suppose. He was doing um, what the Elizabethans done. But the care and love these people, this, this the couple who bought this house and looked after it for so many years, is just extraordinary. Really lovely. So, uh, yeah, that's all that. And then... Um, my next photograph, I can't remember what we, we sat around a lot and I think we ate quite a lot and uh, we went to Kingley Vale National Nature Reserve apparently, I'm reading here, uh, and that has one of the oldest forests in the country and it's a yew tree forest and it is a bit like going into an alien landscape because the yews grow all over the place 
from the central trunk. So they grow horizontally and they grow back down into the ground. Uh, they basically look like serpents, I suppose, a bit like Medusa-like. Um, I really liked it, but I think you could find it quite creepy, actually, as, a, as an environment. But that was interesting. I didn't know all these things were around, because usually we dash down to Chichester for not a short time, spend a lot with family and don't go visiting. So uh, it was actually nice tootling around and visiting places. Um, uh, anyway, then we came back uh, via picking our friend up. And um, I think the journey back took about 11 hours. Uh, and I'm just saying, because there was no planning. And... Um, yeah, back home now. Uh, and all was well when we got back. So uh, back, I had an extra show to work on Friday night, which I don't normally work, uh, which I struggle through, I have to admit. Um, Saturday, sat there thinking, oh, not much is not much going wrong, because usually something goes wrong at the show. At which point, uh, a major piece of scenery broke. That was nothing to do with me. Um, and that's all that. So um, I'm going to get off my play this week to my dramaturg, all being well. Um, so that's quite exciting. I want to do a bit more work on it. Um, and I finished Piranesi. Now, I did listen to it uh, on Audible, and I can never say his name. It's Chutal... AGI4, I think, who reads it. And he's just got a beautiful voice. It is a really hard going, well, it's not really hard going, it's a ridiculous thing to say. It's quite hard going at the beginning. It's quite repetitive and strange. Um, I had to push through that and it turns into something very beautiful. I think it's um, and unique, actually, which I wouldn't often say of a book, but I think it's unlike anything really I can think that I've read. Um, it's a very strange, melancholy book. Um, I don't know what it'd be like to read it, actually. I really did enjoy listening to it being read. I may not have liked it quite so much on the page, don't know. So I've moved from that on to the Thursday Murder Club, which I thought I'd read. And then I realised I started reading it before lockdown and then lockdown came and I just didn't read anything. Uh, so I'm listening to that because Leslie Manville, who's one of my uh, all-time favourite actors, is reading it. Uh, but I do have the book. Uh, which is what I started reading. So that's all not very interesting, really, isn't it? Because I'm sure everybody's read that book now. And then I'm still reading Anne Enright's Actress, which I uh, absolutely love. I will talk more about Actress when I finished it, because it's sort of changing. I'm not quite sure where it's going at the moment, but I do like it enormously. And um, and I think that's all. I've just got to go and ring the flipping vet now and apologise for not turning up last Friday. Um, so, uh, I suppose I should really put a fanfare or something in at this point of celebration, uh, but I won't. I'm just going to say number 100. Thank you for listening. <laughs>